Hi, I'm Edwin. And I'm Andrew. Two men. Fifteen minutes. Eternal impact. Welcome to Text Talk. His glory I will see. I will Welcome to the Text Talk podcast. We're so glad you've joined us for this episode in Acts chapter 16. Edwin, what's our text for today? We're going to wrap up the chapter, verses 35 through 40. I am reading again from the English Standard Version. But when it was day, the magistrate sent the police, saying, Let those men go. And the jailer reported these words to Paul, saying, The magistrates have sent to let you go. Therefore come out now and go in peace. But Paul said to them, They have beaten us publicly, uncondemned, men who are Roman citizens, and have thrown us into prison, and do they now throw us out secretly? No. Let them come themselves and take us out. The police reported these words to the magistrates, and they were afraid when they heard that they were Roman citizens. So they came and apologized to them, and they took them out and asked them to leave the city. So they went out of the prison and visited Lydia, and when they had seen the brothers, they encouraged them and departed. How about that? So in the last episode, we read about this incredible uh, conversion that had happened uh, in the well, I guess early hours, that same hour of the night, late out, late at night, early in the morning, sometime after midnight. Something like that. Something like that. So it's been a long night. It's been a long night. Exciting night. And it would seem good news in the morning because the magistrates have come and said, well, you're free to go. You know, we've beat you. You've learned your lesson. You spent a night in jail. We've slept on it. Yeah, we've slept on it. We're go, ready to be done with this. Go home. Go home. Weren't they magnanimous? I mean, such, what a what a swell bunch of, of magistrates. <laughs> Paul's having none of it. You had a night in the pokey, and now you go home. Paul's having not one bit of it. And here we find the irony. We skipped it. All right, just a couple days ago, we pointed out there was some irony in this chapter. That was the word we said, irony. And I, I really do think it's ironic. It is, it is not the same as rain on your wedding day. It is not. Uh, but that's know, not ironic. No, that is not. This is truly ironic. <laughs> And that is that they are accused. Mm-hmm. They are accused of doing what is not lawful for Romans to do. Well, that, let's back up. Now, what verse was that? Okay, that's way back up in the middle of the chapter. Okay, after the 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 little slave girl has been freed of the evil, the evil spirit, spirit, we find in verse twenty they brought Paul and Silas before the magistrates and said, "These men are Jews, and they are disturbing our city." They advocate customs that are not lawful for us as Romans to accept or practice. There it is. They are advocating practice. It's not lawful for us to accept or practice. And then the magistrates tear their clothes, order them to be beaten, and that happens. And all of that was not lawful for a Roman to practice. All of that was against Roman law. That's ironic. That's hypocritical. It's tragic. Can you imagine magistrates? breaking the laws that they're supposed to be upholding? Surely not. I can't imagine someone with political power doing anything like that. <laughs> 2,000 right. years ago or more or in more recent times. Yeah, I wouldn't, who wouldn't, you would never expect anything like that to happen. I guess, I guess some things never change. <laughs> but, but what we see here, what we see here is that, that when somebody is against you, inconsistency doesn't matter. Yeah, that's right. They they don't care. They're not trying to figure out truth. They're just reacting, yeah. acting yes. and reacting. Consistency, hypocrisy, who cares? We're just against you. And any argument will do. Any reason 
will justify us taking this action against you. But now, now it's time to possibly pay the piper, and Paul says, uh-uh, I'm not, I'm not putting up with this. Yeah, so I'm a Roman citizen, and i got to tell you, at that moment, I would have liked to have seen the look on their face. <laughs> because, you know, they're, 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 the, they're the tough guys, you know, letting these guys out of jail. And when the knowledge comes, what they have done in their haste, and they realize the consequences for that, then it was a very different tune, wasn't it? They are afraid because it is unlawful to beat a Roman citizen who has not been tried and not been condemned through legal means. And that's exactly what they've done here. They heard they were Jews, and that was enough for them. They're going to beat them. They're going to mistreat them. They're going to cause whatever pain for them. They don't care. It just didn't occur to them that there might be a Roman citizen who was Jewish. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But that's where we are. But there's more to this than being Jewish because Paul and Silas are Christians. That's right. And one of the things that I catch in this is that we know when Paul wrote his letter to the Philippians, here he is in Philippi, he's writing a letter to the Philippians, and he says to them, our citizenship is in heaven. That's right. That's an interesting thing that when he wrote to the Philippians that he said our citizenship is in heaven because while he is here in Philippi, the argument that he makes to these magistrates is we have a Roman citizenship. And because we have a Roman citizenship, what you have done is unlawful. And he demands a little bit of recourse. He does not demand all that he could. Right. He does not push it as far as he could. But it's like he's, he's going to let them know, you, no, you don't get to do this. You've beaten us. You're going to at least have to come let us out yourselves. You're going to have to come look us in the eyes and and let us out yourselves. But what we find is here is a citizen of heaven who is also a citizen of Rome. That's right. And we can recognize then that we as Christians have a dual citizenship. We have a dual citizenship. And we, we need to understand that. So we have to keep in mind our heavenly citizenship. That's the one that constantly overrides all things. Sure. But... We are citizens of the nations that we're in here in the world, and we are allowed to rely on the laws and to seek redress and recourse when those laws have been violated against us. Mm -hmm. And this is really important for us because we as American Christians, and I I don't know folks in other countries that are hearing this, what what, um, type of rights and privileges their countries may afford, but here in our country, we, we actually have some pretty significant rights and privileges that are accorded to us as citizens of America. That's right. And when we see those being eclipsed, when we see those being shattered, when we see those being taken away, we are allowed to speak up. We are allowed to say, no, this is my right. I have a right to pray. I have a right to preach the truth. I have a right to speak what I believe is true from Scripture. I have a right to assemble and to to the religion that I have, and you're not allowed to breach that or break that or take that away from me. And it's it's a wonderful privilege that we have as Christians in a country that offers these kinds of rights. We are allowed to 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 stand on those. Yeah, and just to build on that, you know, we've been drawing these parallels between Paul and between Peter. And so where Paul is inspired to write about the citizenship and the kingdom of heaven and Philippi particularly, Peter writes about living under government. Uh, in First Peter chapter two, First Peter two and verse thirteen, the Christians are taught: Therefore, submit yourselves to every ordinance of man for the Lord's sake, whether to the king as supreme, 
or to governors as to those who are sent by him for the punishment of evildoers and for the praise of those who do good. For this is the will of God, that by doing good you may put to silence the ignorance of foolish men as free, yet not using liberty as a cloak for vice, but as bondservants of God. If we are, and we are, I think particularly in this country, blessed with rights and with freedoms, we don't use those to try to violate the will of God. We use those for the glory of God. Uh, we want to practice honor to those in authority and um, you know, good citizenship, proper citizenship, because that's reflecting upon our King of Kings and Lord of Lords, Jesus Christ. It reflects upon the other citizenship. I appreciate you bringing us back to Peter because, again, we find a parallel between Paul and Peter. What happened to Peter uh, after he and he and um, John get thrown in jail, but then later he and all the apostles get thrown in jail? Yeah, Acts and 5. while yeah. they are in that, uh, under that arrest, they yeah. get beaten. Yes. They get threatened, and they go off rejoicing that they were able to suffer for the name of Jesus Christ. So here we have this parallel with Paul. He is arrested. He is beaten. So Luke, we've made the argument that all the way through, Luke is pointing out that the gospel is going to the Gentiles and that the Jews are going to be judged for this. And one of his underlying themes on that has been that Paul is just as much an apostle as Peter. So that when Paul is taking this gospel to the Gentiles, he's not going rogue. He's not teaching a different Christianity. Right. And Luke, Luke never comes out and says, and Paul became an apostle. But what he does is he shows Paul going through the exact same things as Peter. He preaches the same message as Peter. He performs the same miracles as Peter. He endures the same persecution as Peter. He goes through this imprisonment just like Peter did, just like the apostles did. What we're seeing is Paul is one of God's people. He mm-hmm. and, and more than that, he is one of Jesus' apostles. Mm-hmm. He is a messenger. He is an ambassador. We can follow him as he points us to Jesus. Amen to that. Amen to that. Now, you know, we're actually, as we're doing this here on our podcast, I know we're also, you and I are involved in a study of the Sermon on the Mount. Yeah. And I this ties into what I, what I see there, because we're actually walking through the Beatitudes, and I, I think when this one airs, we'll actually still be in the Beatitudes, and maybe to the one that talks about blessed are the persecuted. That's exactly right. Blessed are the persecuted, which is an odd way for those beatitudes to end. It's talking about the blessings of the kingdom of Christ. Mm-hmm. And it, it talks about some some attitudes that today as Christians have been preached to us so much, they seem almost normal, but they were really kind of shocking. But it's really shocking to end with, you want to know when you're really blessed? You're blessed when you're persecuted. Well, and I, and I think part of that is we tend to think or can think if we're persecuted, if we're getting pushed back from society or people around us, we must be bad. We must be doing something wrong. Instead of appreciating that part and parcel of being in Christ's kingdom is there will be persecution. Look how they treated your king. Look how they treated the Lord. You will be treated in that way as well. But when you are, you're in good company. Again, when you go back to the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew 5, that's how they treated the prophets of God. That God's people have always been outside when it comes to this world and the world's perspective, subject to persecution at the hands of the kingdoms of men. And yet we are going to treat them uh, with love and with respect befitting our king, 
who laid down his life and died for them, and he rose again. I think it's important to recognize this point, Andrew, uh, because, like you said, and I want to amplify this, we ha- we kind of have this tendency to think that if I'm doing things right, everybody's going to like me, everybody's going to uh, be okay with me, and that if they're, uh, they're mad or they're angry or they're pushing back, I must be doing something wrong. You can understand how there might be this idea among these early Christians or among early peoples that if this really is the kingdom of God, then you ought to come out fighting and swinging and being on top and wiping out all the principalities and powers in the earthly places, if not also in the heavenly places. And so it's kind of a shock to find that when they come face to face with these earthly authorities, that these earthly authorities often cast them in prison, mm-hmm. often beat them. This yeah. it's, it's hard... It's hard to claim that we have been seated above the heavenly authorities when the earthly authorities keep doing these things to us. That's why it's important to recognize, though, that that's the kind of upside-down kingdom we're a part of. Our kingdom is upside-down, and that's not a negative thing. Our kingdom is different from the kingdoms of the world. It's different from the norms. And one of the ways is is that, yes, there's persecution. There's suffering. But that's where our master was, and he came out on the other side resurrected. That's exactly right. And the other difference, maybe we'll just say about our kingdom, is... It's everlasting. Amen. So I'll tell you what, uh, Evan, why don't you uh, lead us in a prayer here in just a minute about uh, the dual citizenship. Uh, Send us a comment. Send us a question. Text talk at christiansmeethere.org. Let's pray. God in heaven, thank you so much for the time we've been able to read and study. Thank you for teaching us about your kingdom. Thank you for teaching us about the dual citizenship that we have. Uh, This really is a blessing for us as American citizens because the rights and privileges that our Constitution provides are a blessing in many, many ways. And so we are thankful that we get to to continue to seek redress and recourse from those when those rights and privileges are violated. But please help us to always remember that being an American is not the same as being a Christian, and being a Christian is not the same as being an American. And that our citizenship in heaven outweighs any earthly citizenship. And Father, if pursuing our citizenship in heaven means sacrificing our rights, then Father, we are, are the, the American rights, then we are happy to do that. And we pray, Father, that you help us to actually mean that and for that to really be true in our lives. May we put your kingdom above all and that our hearts will not be divided, but that we will be singly devoted to you. Where it helps us, where it helps us spread the gospel and bring glory to you. Thank you for letting us use these earthly privileges we have in our nations. But Father, where it hinders us, help us to hang on to you in all ways. We love you so much, Father. Thank you for loving us first. Through your son, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for talking about the text with us today. I'm Edwin Crozier, and I'd like to invite you to join the Christians who meet on Livingston Avenue this Sunday for our Bible classes and worship. You can find out more at christiansmeethere.org. Check out our daily written devotional that goes along with today's episode. You can find a link for it in our show notes. Michael Eldridge wrote and sang all four parts of our theme song. You can get more from him at acapeldridge.com. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review our podcast so others can learn about it more easily. Have a great day. Wait.